0: Welcome to another Blue Jay Beat wrap up show featuring whiteandbluereview.com's Matt DiMarenas.
1: Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Matt DiMarenas from White and Blue Review, joined once again by Johnny Atal from the Warhol World. I'm back. We had a one game break. Yeah. We had to catch a flight. One game. The a freezing cold was it a bomb cyclone you flew into right?
0: I did I flew well flew around it I guess it if didn't it, hit DC you avoided it yeah no see, other like I it. Uh, flurries I guess you would say okay not very much snow at all so I made it in safely there you just go. fine that was that was the important
1: part that yep. we were all worried about the the weather John was flying into but he he got back from DC safe brought a wind back with him um, came back here we are for Creighton Butler uh, Dollar Beer Night. Steve Lavin was in the house. I think, what well, we call it Steve Lavin Night, I guess we can call it now. Um, if he's in the building or just all together is it a new name?
0: He might I just did. take the building yeah. himself. Yeah, it, we'll have to workshop that. At some point, someone gave him a t-shirt gun at some point? That was yeah. scary.
1: After he was inebriated, <laughs> like... <laughs> I think we were all kind of, like, getting ready to duck under the table. Right, like, so
0: you can sure. give him the t-shirt gun at the start of Dollar Beer Night, but, you know, yeah. midway through the second half,
1: that's... Uh, he had to have been double you're Right. You're trusting. Right. You're trusting. It and they're all, like, trust. walking next to him. It's like, you know what I mean? He just got nervous at any moment. And he actually shot one into the the nets, like, roll up, like, by the banners. Like, like way deep back there. Yeah, right? like he would have cleared the ceiling. <laughs> so there's a T-shirt there that will forever be stuck in the Nets of Central Link Center for as long as it lives. But I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, anyway, Jay's uh, back in the top 25. Uh, they get uh, a pretty important win at this early stage of conference play over Butler, 85-74. They um, go to 4-1 in league play, and I guess now they're a half game up in the win column, um, sitting alone in first place after Seton Hall loses... Uh, at Marquette, so... At least
0: for one night. Yeah, at least for one night, they can say
1: it. Yeah, everybody's chasing the Jays at the moment, but uh, I guess what are some of your takeaways over after, you know, I mean, Creighton was up 20 at half last year, they were up 17 at half this year, ended up winning both games by 11 points, so obviously the second halves were better for Butler, but still not enough to get to steal a W. Um, What were some of your takeaways from what you saw out there today? This is going to sound a little weird, I
0: think, but... I mean, Butler's a good team, so maybe maybe, uh, maybe I'm a little off base here. But as well as Creighton played in the first half, I thought they should have been up by more than just 17. Okay. Um, they only turned
1: it over once,
0: right? Yeah, and it was the tail end of the... How many possessions did they have in the first half? Did you chart it out? Uh, I, I, didn't I think have... it was
1: 36, I think they ended up with 36? I believe. So you got 35.
0: 37. 37. So it's 36 chances at scoring the basketball Yeah. Um, for a Creighton offense that it's can be pretty lethal and especially um especially lethal against i think i think butler's defense now they did i thought they increased their tenacity a little bit and knocked creighton out of rhythm in the second half but the statistics show that you can get some good shots against butler some high percentage looks Mm -hmm. creighton got them and uh you know maybe even could have got a few more uh what maybe 5 of 15 from three. What were they at? at 5 of 15 in the first half. In the yeah, first half, yeah. yeah. So if you knock down a few of them, a lot of those were open, really good looks. Uh-huh. Um, maybe the lead is extended a little bit more. But obviously you can't be um, disappointed with a 17-point lead against a big East Conference foe, especially one like Butler who's capable of coming in here and winning. So Creighton gave itself enough of a cushion to survive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew Butler was going to come back. Um, the, I felt like if, if the Bulldogs get find a way to uh, replicate the energy and effort that they showed in the second half and put 40 minutes together, I guess. But they've had trouble doing that for a lot of, a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. But if they can do that, uh, you know, when Creighton goes to Butler next month, you know, that's going to be a, a very difficult game. But, uh, yeah, I man, Butler was shredding them there in the second half. They were. And they, they yeah. were kind of doing they everything. They kind of got
1: whatever they wanted for a, right? a good maybe 10, 12-minute stretch. It was – Really putting a lot of pressure on I the think I the had to score a, of the basketball. I think I had
0: a nine-possession stretch where Butler scored on seven yeah. of nine, and then maybe two empty possessions, and then six straight possessions yeah. for points. Yeah, yeah, it felt like so, it. So, um, that's, I mean, that's a significant portion of the game, mm-hmm. or, well, it was, the second, it was all in the second half, so a significant portion of the second half, and it's... Obviously, why Butler found its way back into the game. Couldn't get over the hump. Like I said, Creighton's lead was big enough. I think you credit the Jays a little bit for finding a way to dig in defensively. It never
1: really got below 10 but a couple times. And then the closest it got was 6. So, I mean, Creighton was doing just enough. um, I won't say just enough defensively, but just enough offensively for that stretch you're talking about. Yeah. To kind of just... All right, you're not you're not you're not one punch away from. And I think you just tweeted this, bit.
0: like Creighton's after timeouts. Yeah, efficiency yeah. after timeouts, execution after timeouts. Obviously, a lot of times, Coach McDermott, when they're in the timeout, will draw up two plays, and there will be instances where either Creighton gets a run out or maybe a turnover. And um, there's times, sometimes where you where you'll see Creighton have three or four possessions and they've only one run one of those plays. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the fourth time you'll hear Mac. Okay, run the second one. Run the second one. Yeah, like a lot of one, 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 Yeah, right. Yep, yep. A lot of times in their offense, they can they can attack without even running a set play. But I think in those instances, they did have to run plays, yep. and they got what they wanted out of them. So credit Creighton for just like you kind of said, doing enough to keep Butler um, from seizing all the momentum. Even right. though it had a lot of momentum, it didn't have all of it. And then uh, that I mean because. Creighton, despite maybe not playing as well as it could have, was up six with three minutes left. Yep. You'll take that anytime you're in any game in the Big East. If Absolutely. you're up six with three minutes left, playing with that, the lead right, as opposed to chasing it—that's right. what you want. That's where you want to be, and then it allows you to have uh, to maybe take a few chances to play with a little bit more comfort. And Creighton did that down the stretch. I mean, um, I think Butler was two of its final ten, uh, made two of its final ten shots over the, the last four minutes. Over the last four six minutes. six
1: points, nine possessions. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, that's well, how you depends. close out a game. Yeah. So the Jays did it on the defensive end, which was commendable given how, how poorly they had defended Butler for the first 16 minutes of the
1: second half. Mm-hmm. And I think a big play in the game, too, was uh, we've obviously talked about it already, but, I mean, Davion Mince's. you know, it's funny. We go back to the Seton Hall game and a big play that could have been – that could have led to a W on the road was Davion's box out of Angel Delgado late in the game. Um that got his final fifth oh, foul. Oh, yeah, his fifth foul, right? Yeah. Um, so, again, he's found himself in the same position uh, where he has to box out Tyler Wybin He does that. He keeps Wybin off the offensive glass, which really, and he talked about it after the game, like if he if he isn't in the right position, if he doesn't fight as hard as he fought, that's like kind of like one of those layup misses where Wybin just has a little bunny putback. Oh, and yeah, and it's a no, four-point game. And it's a four-point game. I think, so, I,
0: now I'd have to go back and look at it, but I think it was, I'm guessing ball screen with... Baldwin and and Weidman. Okay. so both of Creighton's defenders were kind of trying to swarm Baldwin, who was putting up a shot, but that that left Weidman free, free to for, on the on the weak side yep. to get the glass and uh, get the offensive board. And Davion Mintz who was probably I'd imagine guarding somebody on the perimeter, <clears throat> slid in, which is exactly what he's supposed to do, rotate um, as the help defender slid in to take away uh, that pass to Wideman. And what he said was that. He saw Baldwin's eyes and they weren't looking at Weidman. So he just assumed Weidman wasn't getting the pass and he was just going to go box him out and not have to worry about Baldwin trying to weave a pass between traffic to Weidman. Baldwin was taking the shot. Mintz recognized that, boxed him out, and, and I think Kyrie ended up getting the, the rebound. But Yeah, Kyrie got the board. But yep. Mintz
1: got the box it out. Of the out hands, yeah. And um, then on the ensuing possession, the layup. Back cut to the layup, yep. the reverse layup that put him up eight. Um I thought it was a huge sequence play, however you want to like, chart it out um part of the game, um, from a guy who is I mean, kinda starting to take over the P G one point. spot. Yeah. Like I mean you look at the minute distribution tonight, twenty eight minutes for mince, eleven for Tyson Alexander. Um, season high.
0: Th- season nine for Mince in minutes. In minutes, yeah. okay.
1: So that's been but but ha- and if you go back maybe two games ago, uh St John's where Tyshawn finished the, opposite, the ball game. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. That's but what then, I'm
0: saying, like with for Damian Mendes, I'm just—I've been impressed with his response to St. John's. And you wrote
1: about him before this game too. It's kind of his play in Big E so far, right?
0: He—he's—he's he's definitely improved. He put a lot of work into his game in the off season. I think just kind of playing with more poise and seeing the floor a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, that—that that composure, like, it stands out. It stands out in those moments yep. when the crowd's on its feet. You can feel the pressure of the game, and what do you do? And you're focused on doing the little things, making a hard cut to the rim. Or boxing somebody out. I mean, you, a lot of times, you know, sometimes you may not be rewarded for that hard cut. Maybe that opens up something for a player on the backside um, of the offense because the defense collapses on you. That time he was rewarded. You got the you got the pass and the layup. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he's. Like I said, it could be a gut punch for a guy to have to sit. He sat for the final fifteen minutes of the game against St. John's. Yeah, he didn't
1: play well. Like it was kind of like right. one of those things where like you're not playing well. Tyson's playing better. That's why he's getting the run. It was like one of those things where it's like, look, this is it, why it makes sitting. sense.
0: Yeah. yeah, And so he could. He could have hung his yeah. head, but he didn't, and he had one of his better games of, the, of his career, I think, against Georgetown, and yeah. then uh, tonight came up big down the stretch for Creighton.
1: And so you look at his. I mean, he's eighteen assists, four turnovers, and biggies played through five games so far. Um, eleven to zero in the last two games. Right. I mean, he doesn't have to be Maurice Watson Jr. Where he's you know where he's eleven, twelve assists and you know four or five turnovers here or there. If he takes care of the ball and plays off of Marcus and Kyrie and the attention they draw, and if he you know is if he sees the whole floor, if he if he can kind of find a happy medium between. Being aggressive for himself versus deferring to others in the ball screens and things like that, and making the right reads. And if his turnover ratio stays this way, he's got it. Yeah. Like he'll take it, he'll take the port guard position and he'll run with that. And then Tyshawn Alexander will play, you know, we'll spell him. And then it'll be a field thing between Mitch and Tyshawn as far as who gets the minutes for Marcus and Kyrie after that. It won't right. be an uh, issue of having to figure out splitting even time between Davion and Tyshawn, which I think is something that, you know, probably the coach has been waiting a long time for to see, probably since June, to see someone just kind of like, this is mine, I'm making the right decisions, I'm running the offense like you want it run. Uh, To see Davion's little five-game stretch here where he's kind of asserted himself and gone to a new level, um, in his career, and his you know development, and Biggie's play is certainly huge for this, Xavier for will the be a big. Team.
0: Xavier will be big. Not yep. only the environment and the stage on Saturday, but also the way that the Musketeers play because yeah. they they like to switch screens and extend their defense, especially at, at least lately in the matchups against Creighton. Um, they've they've tried to attack the Jays on the perimeter, at least bother them defensively, and so it'll be another. Opportunity for Mintz to kind of Mm -hmm. showcase that growth, and if he can, then, uh, then like you said, yeah, maybe he he's running away with the uh, the majority of the minutes at the point guard spot.
1: Not to not to like hijack this this uh, post game with Davion, but I mean, the other thing, something we noticed earlier was he Butler was making him work defensively, especially in the first half, like chasing Jorgensen around, uh, chasing Baldwin. um, You know, they kind of left Thompson do whatever he wanted, but. You know he was having to work defensively. I mean, I think the thing w- with Creighton and Butler was they were trying to attack, maybe some matchup issues. Uh, Creighton was attacking Keelan Martin and making him chase Kyrie and Marcus all around. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Butler was doing the same thing that Davion. So he had to answer a defensive challenge to get himself into this ball game, and I feel like he did a pretty good job. I don't know what Thompson had in the first half or Jorgensen had in the first half. Um. Let's see, three of six, six points. So six points on six shots in the first half, then, and Baldwin was nine points on seven shots. So I mean, for the guys that he was chasing around the majority of the time, fifteen points on thirteen shots. That's not that's not, that's not bad. Not, that's and Foster bad. was in that mix too. I yeah, mean, I yeah, yeah they For were, sure, for sure.
0: Uh, switching off, but yeah, I think he's definitely improved defensively. I, I mean, that was to me that was sort of the that was the area of his game that the coaches were most concerned with with him, um, not necessarily guarding the ball, although that at times, can be a weakness for him and not, really not just him. A lot of the guys on, on the perimeter. Mm. Um,
1: but getting lost off the but ball. Then, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Not yeah. being in the right position off the ball. Uh, but I think he 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 did a pretty – I imagine a pretty good job of that. Mm-hmm. Although, then again, in the second half, it was kind of a mess for Creighton, so there could be a lot of yeah, guys who are, uh, are getting singled out in the film room and uh, I don't when know. Creighton I, breaks it down. I but. can't
1: remember if you mentioned it in post-game with Georgetown or not. I kind of get lost when I'm – Reading post games on the road, but uh, I feel like Mac talked about his defense at Georgetown, the way he took away some of the things off the ball, whether he, he read some of the actions that they were trying to take away. Um, I don't know if it was the Georgetown game or the St. John's game. I'm pretty sure it was the Georgetown game, um, but I don't know if that if the rings uh, you that
0: a. You talking about Davion? Yeah, um, Davion.
1: I don't know if you remember anything Mac was... mentioned that he took away, but I feel like defensively the last two games have been good for him. Yeah. Um, with certainly more of a challenge from Butler, but uh, a good all-around performance. And I think, you know, <clears throat> he's got to be really confident right now with the way he's playing. going so forward. It's a good thing. Um, I guess, you know, it's funny. Grayton's defensive performance probably won't draw rave reviews tonight, especially when you look at the second half. Um, but, I mean, Butler shot t- 47% from the field. Uh, they didn't shoot the three all that well, and they didn't get to the line a bunch of times. Um, but, I mean, you look at Baldwin, Jorgensen, and Martin. Those are their top three guys. Uh, certainly, Martin and Baldwin have been averaging about 50 by themselves in biggies play, <laughs> right? right? So, yeah,
0: 29 and 23, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah,
1: so you look at those three, they get 33, 43 points on 45 shots. Forty-three points on forty-five shots, and then they go five assists, eight turnovers. I mean, when you're just like if you just put that whole piece of a pie together and I mean that's a I don't think Creighton would argue with that defensive performance. I don't think they would feel obviously they'll dissect the film and see where some of the breakdowns happen yeah. for the rematch as far as the rematch goes. I just because um, things were a little bit easier in the paint for Butler in the second half, especially. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, I think Kyler made a good adjustment, to the body and Kyrie up yeah, a little bit. Right. You know, like instead of just being perimeter sound with him, like, but I mean, taking him to the they to the block, they weren't very efficient. And those are the three guys that Butler
0: tries to get going. Right? Yeah, Butler. I mean, it was like, I think the way I charted it out was twenty eight of the first thirty four points out of the, out of halftime were in the paint, and I think they made seventeen wow. seventeen of the first twenty nine shots. So there's 12 misses there, and they had five offensive rebounds on those 12 misses.
1: It felt I didn't, like that. I, it did feel like that for a little
0: bit. So sure. I I think that they they just I think they just ratcheted it up a little bit. They yeah. got more aggressive. Uh, Coach Jordan mentioned after the game about making intentional drives to the rim. Um, clearly they 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 made it a priority uh, to attack Creighton because honestly, I don't know. I feel like teams haven't done this enough because you know, Creighton doesn't have a rim protector. Now the yeah, Jays yeah. at times have, bun- have done a really good job of communicating defensively and plugging driving lanes and keeping teams from penetrating into the heart of their defense. But I, I was su- I was surprised that more teams haven't tried sort of just a you know committed assault on the paint the right. way the Butler did in the second half. Mm-hmm. So um, again. Creighton, as as Coach McDermott said, they were tired. They had a big lead. You know, they may have relaxed a little bit. Butler was desperate. So there's other extenuating circumstances, but that general blueprint of a team shoving it down Creighton's throat, so to speak, or just mm-hmm. really going making that that uh, that that effort to attack the paint um, is something that I'm sure Creighton's going to see more of. So the Jays have to find you know sort of. Map out, hey, what went wrong tonight um, and how can we clean it up and yeah. b- be better prepared going forward because, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be other teams. Now, Now, as Marcus Foster said, they Butler has some players that are really good in isolation ser- yes, scenarios yes. that maybe other teams mm-hmm. don't have. I think Thompson matched up against Toby Hegner was a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, they Creighton obviously wants to play with two big men on the court. Uh, for stretches now, they'll bring Ronnie Harrell in and maybe go a little bit smaller. But they want Toby Hegner and Martin. That's who they start on the on the and mm-hmm. uh, games to start to have Martin and Toby. Well, one of them is going to be matched up against essentially a guard. Yeah, and it's going to be
1: really curious to go back and kind of. See what Butler got when Martine and Toby were on the floor together. Yeah, it felt like a lot.
0: It did. You know what I mean? Like well, it felt the, like it felt like
1: Creighton didn't have much of an yeah. answer defensively. And
0: you think about the one. start of the game. I mean, it was pretty back and forth. Yes, Butler right. hung in with Creighton. It was like nineteen to eighteen at one point. And, Until then the and that, dunked on everybody. <laughs> and then the start of the half, the second half, Butler uh, got some things going. So yeah, yeah, that Thompson. Finding uh, finding his way to the rim. Baldwin was obviously a tough cover. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so shifty, and, and Jergensen just like constantly moving. I mean, he he probably I feel like
1: had Jergensen to... got to that spot on the elbow that he likes a lot. Yeah, pretty like most of the time he wanted. He
0: to. seemed like a pain to defend because he's oh, yeah. just like constantly dribbling into traffic. He moves so herky jerky like, It does. It makes you think he's, big, it's he's a turnover waiting to happen, yeah, but yeah. but he's got enough control and, and and presence of mind too. I don't feel like he did force a few shots, honestly, he did, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like uh he forced a ton. So I th- he they've was, got those I guys he the best and, out of the 3. And then Martin obviously, Martin can um, um, can score on a, in a one-on-one scenario. So mm-hmm. that I think that may maybe that that is a little bit of a saving grace for Creighton in, 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 in that Butler, generally speaking, has more ISO guys than, than most teams do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I I am very eager to watch the second half because I want to see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what ba- Butler was able to do and if other teams might be able to replicate it if it's something that Craig's got to be concerned about. So...
1: <laughs> Are you I laughing don't, don't about care, Kyrie's can, dunk? I am, because, I mean, we're over 20 minutes in and I, haven't even, I barely mentioned it. Yeah, that was, I mean, that, first of all, like I don't think... I'm trying to, like, go back in my mind and make sure I'm being fair to the the history of the arena. But, like, Doug's 3,000th point, um, I wasn't at the St. John's game where he hit the buzzer beater, but just through the television and asking and talking to people. like that, how about, well, that in, was the crazy one. how about
0: in a non, like, game-winning situation? Non-clutch, so, like, history-making right. situation. Right, so when, when fans are kind of just, like, sitting there chilling.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard that arena get as loud as it did when he... Because, yeah. like, he was one of those things where I don't even think... I didn't expect him to dunk that because he was so far away, right. and he, there were still bodies in front of him. So I, I expected that to be his floater, which he likes a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he, and, but he got to a point where it was like he just kind of like ascended above everyone because he comes off the ball screen, and from our perspective, there's four bodies in between him and our eyeballs. We can't see him. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like we know he's there, but then all of a sudden he's above everyone. <laughs> And he just, like, throws it down violently. It didn't rattle at all. Like, he crushed the rim. Yeah. And then just, like, jogs haphazardly down the other way, like, no big deal. Yeah. But the, and the crowd, like, was insane. Yeah. Like, the, I grabbed you, yeah. and you were like, what? And then. I couldn't I kind of believe that he he threw it down like that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that. That,
0: it's that, one shit, of his,
1: that, that, that flipped momentum in the first half, It, it definitely it like helped. A, I think it was a four-point game or a five-point game at that point. Well, and yeah and one of the things that's
0: it's one of the things that makes basketball so fun is because um you have that uh sort of close relationship with with the fans. I mean, you can kind of feel that energy. They like, yes. it's like a it's like a shock and then a um an elation mm-hmm. from from the fans. And so that was that sort of like hovered that buzz hovered in their really arena the halftime. for like yeah, for a, be, a while. we were
1: still standing going and then the, the, they played the highlight, obviously, on the on the jumbotron with the... Um, they honestly should have played that highlight. They,
0: they should have played that highlight, like, Constantly. In every time out. Every time yeah. they needed
1: an energy boost, so Kyrie Duncan out him over again. Uh, uh, no, but, but what I really but wanted... that was uh, the
0: thing, though. I yeah. was going to say, though, that came in the stretch when, when Creighton, I think, scored on 10 straight possessions uh, to really kind of extend its lead in the first half. Mm-hmm. But I thought Creighton did a really good job of... of kind of putting the pedal down to the floor when it needed to butler was uh maybe a little bit too willing to run with creighton early on and yeah. creighton kind of like kind of took that uh as an invitation to even to ratchet it up even more i, and thought, I think that so. was
1: one of the things we were circling going into the game was we know butler wants to play faster even though they're still around 200th in tempo but, like they want to play faster i mean Coach Jordan talks about it. Honestly, they, I thought them, they got some good looks in, when they played fast. Yeah, for but sure. the problem is, is when you you're put you're putting Creighton into its comfort zone yeah, exactly. in its own building right. when you do that. Like, it, I just I think both of us have talked about that as just being straight up suicide. If you want yeah. to, because you got to make it Creighton uncomfortable. Like to beat them, you have to make them grind. And then
0: the problem is, is like once Creighton gets, you know, dunked by Kyrie, although that was in the half court, but it's it kind of has the same effect. Marcus Foster leaking out a yeah, couple I, times. You had to he, run the out, out there. With yeah, the alley Yeah, the alley I mean, that was a play. But when that happens, then then you're feeling the en- like you feel the energy of the building and sort of that pressure to respond. Mm-hmm. And some teams can That's handle when you it. Press. Some teams dribble the ball off their foot. Exactly. And then it leads to more. So that like that was, I thought. It was obviously a key stretch in the game. Um, It gave Creighton enough of a cushion to where it could hold on, despite maybe not playing as well as it wanted to in the second half. But I think it was a result of, I think McDermott credited Creighton's defense, but I also thought that it was just the way the game was flowing was in Creighton's
1: favor, and they, they capitalized on it. Like so, this, Butler got himself into a funk, couldn't take care of the ball, and Creighton yeah. was feeling themselves.
0: And Creighton didn't get a lot of runouts in the second half, but <laughs> I think a lot of that was because Butler,
1: Butler the ball made... Twice in the yeah,
0: game. and they made all the shots. Did. Like I said, 17 of the first 29 yeah, for the floor. They were it's, and when you grab five offensive rebounds on those misses, like there's not a lot of opportunities to run when you don't turn it over or, um, or uh, allow defensive rebounds. So
1: Yeah, normally good I know these are kind of like old-school metrics as far as like how you rate a defense, but, I mean, Creighton came in leading the Big East and allowing 72 points per game. They only allow 74, so um, they only allow Butler to shoot 29% from three. So those two those two categories that Creighton's currently leading the Big East in defensively still held true. Um, 47% field goal percentage was higher than they've been allowing, and 12 offensive rebounds, they come in leading the Big East and defensive rebounding percentage about 78%, close to 79 um, I think that probably took a hit today. Probably. Butler had 12 offensive boards.
0: Right. Um, I think 12 was a match the second most that the opponents had against Creighton. Seton Hall had 12. Okay. I think Upstate had 12. Alcorn State had 13. But, gotcha. Uh, but, yeah, like, yeah, if like you're seven. looking for a reference point, Seton Hall had 12. So, if you like, kind of yeah. get a sense of how that felt, that's how, that's how Butler that's... ended up with. Although they got two in,
1: like, the final seconds. But, right. Um,
0: but still, that and was. Th-
1: one. There was one position where they got three in a row, I yeah. think. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. so, but I mean, I think I mean, we can highlight one defensive performance that was pretty good, and that was Kyrie Thomas. Um, we could probably make a Kyrie fence highlight reel out of this game alone. Uh, he was all over the place. Man. I mean, Keelan Martin, for as much as, and I'm, I doubt he listens to this, so I don't really care what I'm about to say, but, like, for all that hoopla in the, like, preseason where he kind of got mad at people... um mm-hmm questioning, like, his ranking in college basketball hierarchy, but, like... On Twitter, yeah. On Twitter. Like, he I'm did. sorry, Keelan, but, like, when I watch you play, it's just, it's not, like, the 15th best college basketball player. Like, you look at his numbers against Creighton. Here's his last three outings. Um, he's averaging 9.3 points, 8 rebounds, so, okay, good job. You're crashing the glass. But 3.7 turnovers a game, and in his last two games, he's turned over 10 times against Creighton total. And he's shooting 13-38 of 38 from the field and 2-12 mm-hmm. of 12 from three. And then you're telling me that's a first-team All-Big East guy. like, And you're telling me it's the 15th best player in college basketball. And I'm like, not when Kyrie Thomas is guarding you. <laughs> like, Kyrie, yeah. it's, just, it's a matchup that fits Kyrie pretty well.
0: Uh, cause, cause because he and,
1: diverts to being a perimeter player a yeah, lot, right, I think.
0: Because yeah, I don't
1: think it is a matchup that and, fits Kyrie and, very and well.
0: Kyrie talks about trying to get physical with him and body him, especially on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Because I think Kyrie knows that... If Keelan puts the ball on the floor to try to take him off the dribble, that's boring. Kyrie. That's, Kyrie can beat him, take him to the in. spot. Yeah. Um, so I think that, from that standpoint, um, that favors Kyrie. Now, where Keelan's got to do a better job of like, if he's matched up one on one on Kyrie is taking him to the block, which I think he did better
1: in the second in the half. Second half of that. For sure. Yeah. Um, Kyrie still but, fought that, but that's you're going to wear him out if you do that often. Yeah. If you're able, so to, like I wonder if I'm curious to see how the game in Hinkle starts out. Right. If like Butler tries to get you know, killing some post-ups on Kyrie, or if they just say, hey, give him the ball in three-point line and let him back him all the way to the rim like right. he did a couple times tonight. I wonder how much that late success will translate to a future, um, future matchups. Because that yeah. was, I think, that's what he should be doing the whole time because yeah. he has that clear physical advantage and he, tried to, he tries to be cute with the ball and, you know, try to beat Kyrie on crossovers and, you know, step backs and it's like, you're not, you're playing into his strengths as a defender right. when you do that kind of stuff because his length can take all that away and his foot speed can beat you to spots you want to get to so you have no other choice other than to back him down which I think is something Desi Rodriguez did really well yeah in the Seton Hall matchup I thought
0: I thought Desi did a good job of not trying to do too much yeah. Just kind of kept it simple just waited until he got to his
1: spots to yeah be. got
0: to his spot and mm-hmm. went to come a couple of his go-to moves
1: and got buckets doing it so mm-hmm. um yeah, carry yeah, ended up. With, Kyrie- but he, I mean, carry ends up with what three steals? Would but he had maybe like three times as many deflections and right. things like that. I mean, he was all over the place defensively. I mean, when 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 Martin went out, he immediately switched over and started chasing Baldwin around. Yeah. Um. So for him to have enough energy to you know still be efficient offensively, because his offense didn't come easy either. It's not like he was just spotting up and banging threes. I mean, he had to work to get downhill to score in traffic and all that. Like. Right. For 35 minutes, I mean, Kyrie had to work today, so it's interesting. pretty impressive performance. It's interesting, overall.
0: though, you wonder that 0-4 from three-point range, a lot of those were really good looks. Yeah. Um, but The legs, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because now he hit some shots against St. John's or Georgetown. Who did he hit?
1: Well, he hit a couple, I think he hit two, three, two or three threes against Georgetown. Yeah. And he hit the game-winner the game-winner game against, against St. John's. Against John's banged around a little bit. I,
0: I think he's a better shooter than probably what he's shown in Big East play. Sure. But you wonder if, yeah, the wear
1: and tear of the season is taking it out of his legs. I and, don't know. And I Mac ju- mentioned it in our pre-Butler scrum yesterday that his challenge is to oh, limit, get him to march. Yeah, because, Limit to, limit
0: the workload on Kyrie, and not yeah. just in games but in practice too
1: because he, yeah. he's a uh, his, – his, He only his, has one switch when he gets on the court. <laughs> like he's, uh, people think we're joking. We're not. Like – he plays the same way the whole time, and I mean, he's intense vocally too. So that's another part of the game. Like, he's very in tune with where people are supposed to be, and when they're not in the right spots, he's immediately coaching them up to make sure they correct that. So, um, it's got to be really taxing, the mental and physical toll that he's put on himself as a leader of the team. Definitely, um, Marcus Foster. How do you think? I guess it was kind of a tale of two halves, but I really feel like he played well. In both halves. And then what I mean by a tail of two halves is in the first half he was the scorer. Um, he got 21 points on what, 13, 14 shots? Is that what he f- 14 had? shots 14 in the first sh- half, okay. yeah. Okay. So 21 points on 14 shots in the first half. Only gets five shots in the second. Um, I think he's, the only the time he scored was on um, out of a timeout. Maxed it up a little post-up post. for him yep. against Kermar and Braublin, and he got yep. a little floater to go uh, for his only points in the second half. But in the second half I think he had six assists, right? Yep. Six assists, no turnovers? Is that what he had? Uh, no, yeah.
0: one turnover? Maybe two turnovers in the second Or Was it just one? Two turnovers? Yeah, two turnovers in the second okay.
1: half. Okay. So six assists, two turnovers is a three-to-one ratio. But, I mean, two different halves. But to what I felt were effective halves, did you feel like he was playing well even though he wasn't scoring in the second half? Or how did you how did you see what his game produced tonight overall?
0: Yeah. Well, the first half was brilliant. Yes. I mean, that was phenomenal basketball from Marcus Foster offensively. Um and the second half, I, yeah, I thought I thought he. Um, I, it's not like when I was watching it, I, was, I thought <clears throat> oh, hey, Marcus missed something here. He's turning down an open avenue to the rim or an open shot. Uh, Butler just did a better job on him yeah, and yeah. took away some of the things that he wants to do, and then he responded by recognizing that this defense was swarming to him in certain situations and looking for other guys. I, I thought Creighton. I mean that—that's the beauty of Creighton's offense because they have so many weapons and and they space the floor so well and they've got a guy like Marcus who's willing um, to recognize that teams are going to try to do all they can to slow him down. Yeah, you um, can make a pass and get an easy bucket. So I thought he had a couple really nice dimes tonight, and uh, I think he's—I think he's flashed and shown that all, at various points all year. Um, it, it you know it shows up more when he. Finishes with eight assists, obviously. That's, yeah, that's as, yeah, that's a high. Is it as high as, blue as Jay, a blue? As I, I think it tied as high as, blue as a blue. Yeah, he had ten
1: as State. Yeah, uh, he had
0: ten in a game as a freshman. I think last year against Nova, he had eight in the okay, loss okay. at at Nova. Yeah, he played really well. That um, game, I remember. But yeah, I mean, he he's <clears> just he's reading the floor a lot better and and looking for other, for, for teammates. So like, and his growth in that. You, you think about Marcus Foster when he his first month of the season two months of the season really um as a blue jay a, a year ago i mean he was essentially a spot-up shooter yeah. shooter and a guy who just kind like, of played off of Maurice's yeah. activity essentially i mean he 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 moved at times and they would set up plays for him um but if the ball got in his hands more more times than not
1: there was one thing he, he to do was it. putting it up yeah. and
0: that's all he had to do they didn't mm-hmm. need him to do anything nope. else than that no, right. other than that uh but he's transformed himself over the past year and it's it's uh been impressive to watch so obviously uh the jay's gonna need
1: him to continue to do that <laughs> yeah, it's very pointedly stated yes um how when you look at creighton's backcourt again man 32 46 points where they get five seven rebounds and 16 assists at three turnovers with the you know pretty Mens foster and kyrie I don't know I don't know if they're gonna lose very much if that's happening.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good recipe. And then you got a guy like Martin Crumple who continues to Fourteen and fourteen, we haven't even mentioned him yet. Isn't that crazy? Like it didn't feel like he had made all five of his shots, including a three pointer. Yeah um, on a play that we both
1: love. I don't you just love that action? Like so we don't know what it's called, so we can't ruin it that way, but like it's that for for you guys wondering what we're talking about, it's that play where it starts. out looks like a dribble. It's essentially the weave.
0: It looks like a dribble handoff. It's a dribble on the,
1: handoff for three guys.
0: Yep, on the on the perimeter.
1: Entry into the high post to the four man.
0: Usually both and then both big men are 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 stationed at the high post yep. on each at each high post
1: while that handoff's going on. And then there's weak side. There's a weak side pin down with the big man and the guard. The guard it cuts to the rim. The big man pops. Yep. So like it makes the defense have to choose either like take or, away that cutting layup that you're about to give right or the popping big man so like you and when the defense chooses one the other guy is like in his own area code. he's wide open. He, it, yeah. every time like no matter who they choose the other guy has so, like whatever he wants to do i think they so a couch like if you wanted to yeah i,
0: I feel like they might have ran it late or later in the in, game the second half, yeah. in the second half yeah. and I, it might have been out of the timeout and uh, now, no, no maybe incorrect, yeah, but I, I feel that. like they ran it, and Butler defended it pretty well. But there's a secondary option where Marcus, um, you know, he's the cutting guard to the rim. It's not there, so he pops back out, and and Toby Hegner screens his man again, so Marcus can come off off, off the curl, and I think he dished to Toby mm-hmm. on the play for a layup. It's just a, I it's mean, great. when you look at it, it, I love it. It's it's a play that just it it. it just, I don't know, as a defender or as a, a team trying yeah. to defend it, it, it'll give you nightmares. Because
1: on the one where Martin hit the three, you know, you're watching it and it goes, it's just like, it's a quick, it doesn't, the weave does not get interrupted. And I think the way to probably disrupt it is if, like, a, if you had, like, a Kyrie Thomas or somebody, like, disrupt that whole. That, that initial action that's yeah. happening away from or keep
0: the, keep the ball out of the high post maybe yeah but it's but happening so. it's
1: happening so far away yeah. from the perimeter you're like well, I don't know like what they're <laughs> doing so you just like kind of watch that happen and you get lost in that and then immediately as it goes to the high post, Martin pops way out because two guys follow Foster to the rim yeah and Martini like I said has all day to shoot dribble tie his shoes <laughs> and he bangs home a three so like when that thing works to a perfection it it's the most nice. it's like the most yeah. beautiful play they yeah. run I love it. So, yeah, that's that was his 1-3, but um, yeah, he, he 14 brought, and 14. I just thought he brought really some him. toughness inside, uh, which Creighton obviously needed. Um, and I think he got his hand on, like, 20, 20 rebounds that, you know, he doesn't win them all, but, he, I mean, to grab 14, but I feel like he had his hands on a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, a guy like Tyler Wyman, who historically has been a physical matchup problem for Creighton down low, only gets two rebounds all night. You know, now Kamar Baldwin and uh, Keelan Martin cleaning that up a little bit on their perspective with 11 and 8. But to keep a guy like Weidman off the glass from getting easy putbacks all night. Yeah. I mean, both of his rebounds were on the offensive end. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, One was a putback, and did he put both of them back in? I think all, maybe all of his points came from that. But, yeah, to keep him out, out essentially, from keeping making too much, having too much of an impact on the game is probably pretty big. Yeah, definitely. And something that Martin continues to bring to the floor. To our surprise, I did not think I'm going to be completely honest. I did not think Martin Campbell would be a double-double machine or three The, anch- the anchor of Creighton's rebounding yeah. prowess. Like I thought that would be one of the question marks all year. like and then they would actually just fight and scratch and claw and gang rebound right. as guards to you know to kind of keep people off the glass. So for that to be a strength and for it, him to be anchoring it, totally, totally a shock to me still to this day. So. I don't know how you
0: feel about it. But. Uh, to me, I mean, it's the biggest reason why Creighton is where it is. As, as good as it is, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Mar- Martin Crumple's emergence. I thought I thought that was the biggest question mark going into the season was how is Creighton going to replicate what Justin Patton did offensively, putting pressure on the rim, and how does Creighton produce mm-hmm. some sort of interior presence mm-hmm. defensively, mm-hmm. Uh, not just protecting the rim but also grabbing boards. And Martine Crumple's done a great job on both ends um you know i'm sure they they have things that they'd like to see him get better at as, in terms of a protector but again he's also he's also just six nine so he doesn't have the length yeah. or the height yeah. that justin Patton did
1: um, plus you really don't want him going after taking yeah, you, chances of getting silly right. fouls like going after like that's something he would blocks, probably right. would happen if you mean Put a point of emphasis that needs more of a shot. Block. It's more about
0: positioning and, mm-hmm. and being able being there to bother a shot, and then obviously grabbing the board. But uh, he he's taking his game to another level, and it's it's the reason why my the biggest reason why Creighton is uh,
1: you know 25th in the country and yeah. atop the Big East standings for a night. I think we can finish up on just a little bit on the matchup with Xavier coming up here. Um, Creighton's going to get a day off tomorrow, their first day off since Christmas Eve when they returned to campus for practice that night. Um, So hopefully it'll be like a comfort to them. They get to get off their feet and not to worry about scouting. They got to walk to class. It's true. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully their class runs light then the first day. (laughs) Probably not. Um, Yeah, so I mean. First day is always easy. For sure. It's just syllabuses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how do you feel about the Xavier matchup? Obviously, this is going to, from Xavier's perspective, it could change because they play Villanova tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, from an injury perspective or just maybe if they get their tails kicked in. Like a sense, like they have yeah. been a lot the yeah, last exactly. few like, times like, like they've gone to math. Nova. Exactly. Um, so you might see a different Xavier team than, you know, where they currently sit right now. But, I mean, it's a big game uh for Creighton from a resume standpoint a big game for you know Big E supremacy standpoint um how do you feel about the matchup based on what you've seen out of Xavier so far which has been successful win loss wise but yeah. up and down performance wise because not all those games have been they haven't brought their a game every night it feels like
0: Yeah, I feel like Creighton's been the more consistent team but yep. Xavier has a higher ceiling or at least has shown when it when it is operating on all cylinders it's there's that team's scary good Mm -hmm. um it's just gonna be the the tough part about Xavier now they haven't they haven't necessarily shot the three-pointer as well as maybe I think that they can Mm -hmm. so perhaps that is the equalizer a little bit if they're not able to knock down jumpers because Creighton's gonna have to load up inside I mean they've got guys that um I think will give I think Cantor's gonna give Creighton some problems um in in a one-on-one setting so Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, I thought I thought Sean O'Mara has given Creighton some issues in the previous matchups when he's been matched up one on one against guys Tyreek Jones game in Omaha last is year. Is another guy well, he who, nine for nine, something, something like that? that. Yeah, field. ridiculous. Yeah, that's um, so those interior bigs, I I just I don't foresee a situation where Creighton's going to be able to play straight up one uh, single single single. Man, defense against them. Like yeah, I yeah. think they're going to have to double them, mm-hmm. um, at least for part of the game. And then you wonder: Can Creighton recover? Can are they going to force turnovers in those scenarios, or is they're going to find a way to attack or, or hit jump jump shots? So I think from that part of the game, it's it's,
1: it's a, little a scary bit, matchup yeah. because like you mentioned, Cantor, he's a guy who and we haven't even talked about Blue. It no, nope. uh, who is <laughs> like because um, you want all the attention you want to devote to stopping their inside presence. And then you've got Blewett and McCure on the perimeter, right. Kaiser Gates who can step out and hit threes. Kaiser Gates. I um, forgot about him. He's the X yeah. Factor. That that yeah.
0: that that yeah, that he might I mean that's the thing, is like wasn't he the guy that Creighton no was he the guy that Creighton left open? I mean they left uh they left Gooden open. And, yeah, no, I think good. they left Gooden and Tyreek Jones. Those are yeah, the two Tyre that Jones, they yeah. they allowed, um, at least in the the meeting here in Omaha where they kind of allowed them to go mm-hmm. to work and, and they made him pay. Um it's, that, it's like Xavier much like Creighton is a team where you have to pick your poison. Yeah, you just have to live with something. Exactly. It's like something you're going to give up. You can't take away at all, and you just hope that. Um, like I feel like
1: Omero won't draw doubles. And I, don't, I honestly think again, Tyreek Jones will be a guy that they don't. They du- don't double. They don't double. I Christy. mean, because they yeah. let him. They let him have whatever he wanted, and it still was a great game. Creighton could have won. Right. And I think they did the same thing. I have to go back and rewatch it, but the same thing at MSG. They kind of let him. They didn't guard. They didn't let Gooden. They good do whatever he wanted. Yeah. They let those guys be heroes, and they focused on taking away the key cogs first. Right. They, feel, they felt like that filters down into the rest of the team. So that's the gamble that we assume Creighton will take um, going into this matchup. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Creighton's it, playing really well right now. I mean, nine of the last ten, 14-3, you really can't argue with, 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 with what they're doing right now. I mean, they're getting close to maybe solidifying themselves as a – some uh, team that stays in the top twenty-five if they can, um, they're one. You know, avoid a bad stretch. I, I guess. say they're probably
0: one big win away, win away but they're certainly going to get their opportunities here. I mean, because Seton Hall comes yeah. to
1: Omaha after the Xavier game, right. so yeah,
0: and then uh, two road games against teams that I think you're probably feeling good that you catch them at this point in the year in Providence and St. John's, and you want to make sure that you St. John's, certainly take advantage of that because yeah. I think both of those teams have the potential. Well. They've obviously played – both of those teams have played better uh, than they have um, for stretches during Big East play, although Providence may be turning the corner a little bit with the way that it it found a way to beat Xavier. But, uh, you know, you don't really want to face the high-urgency St. John's and Providence teams on the road in February if you can avoid it. So Mm – if you're Creighton you want to take advantage of that
1: yeah, so sure. this is a
0: like I think Creighton at 4-1 and one is that's right where, where I expected them to be I, five games
1: yeah. yeah like you felt like Seton all uh, I think game. I could have won but now I will say I, I think I've
0: raised my expectations a little bit for this team after watching them play in non-conference I'm not sure how I mapped it out in the preseason in mm-hmm. terms of how I thought they'd be through five games but I think given what we've seen from this team um, or what we saw from this team in the non-conference they needed to be 4-1 and one here and they are 4-1 and one. so they've taking care of business in that manner they could be five and oh obviously but they're four and one that's that's okay uh now comes the this stretch that will really sort of um choose their tested direction. and yeah, yeah and yeah and, and alter maybe their tra- trajectory in a good way or a bad way mm-hmm. um it's it's a key stretch obviously and um yeah, we'll see how the jays handle starts with xavier absolutely
1: anything else you want to touch on from tonight that I mean, we glossed over or didn't uh uh,
0: Martine Duncan on the opponent's r- goal after the Jeez.
1: <laughs> after call for a foul. That was funny. Yeah, that was pretty Martin Martine was
0: wild tonight. Like Kyrie he, had
1: to, like, beg for not to get a technical one. Like, yeah. you see him, like, grab the ball from the rim and go, oh, shit, my, did that just happen? <laughs> he, like turns to the ref and goes, please don't tee him up right <laughs> that here. Was, yeah, that was pretty
0: good. That was good. Um, I, there was a play early in the game when uh, Toby hit a three-pointer and Martin got fouled setting the screen. Yeah, Martin was like laying on the court, slapping slapping the court. Let's go! Like his like tongue was flexing. Ha- hanging out. Like yeah. he he was having a blast. That that, that his energy is certainly contagious, Absolutely. and uh, he's you know he's the loudest guy defensively in terms of communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, that that has an impact. It
1: they need you need guys like that on your team. Yeah. Now they just got to find a way to sort of. I don't think there's a guy on the that gets on the floor that has a wasted role. You know what I mean? I feel like they all maybe 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 Mitch Ballack is kind of a little bit trying to find his way a little bit right now It uh, I would, certainly since Biggie's play stuff. yeah up.
0: i think i'll just expound on that i think everyone knows what they need to do yeah. they know who they are and they've kind of played into that mm-hmm. as well as they can and so they martin pre- martin, they- martin crumple identifies when hey our, our team might need an energy boost that's what i'm going to do i'm mm-hmm. going to i'm going to talk loud i'm going to i'm going to clap it up and i'm going to flex if i get an opportunity to uh, throw throw one down mm-hmm. you know like I, I think he sees that that's something that he can bring and you can go down the line and uh name off a guy and, and find a way that he contributes not just from a statistical standpoint but an emotional standpoint and a leadership standpoint um, even if even the freshmen have a have a spot but you're right though i think mitch um maybe this the slow start to his big east the big east portion of his collegiate career has kind of sapped his confidence or aggressiveness a little yeah. bit I definitely
1: think it's affected his confidence. But, I mean, tonight, even though, you know, he didn't blow up the stat sheet in nine minutes on the floor, I thought he was more like his aggressive self because he was really, you know, he he got some chances to kind of go downhill a little bit and pull it back out and kind of choose whether to be aggressive or whether to to kick it out. Um, So I saw him making the right decisions there for the most part. He had a big play um, during Creighton's first half run where Keelan Martin had a run out in transition, and he just poked the ball away from him. Um, for one of Keelan's, uh, I think he had four turnovers in the first half. Um, that was kind of a big, a big poke away there to get. I mean, maybe it happened. in the second half. I think the second half. Yeah, so that was that was, a, was, big that big was a bit that was a big play. I mean, he he was making some plays tonight, even though he didn't play that much. Um, so I feel like he's maybe trying to find his mojo again. But there's that saying, uh, "Be a superstar in your role." Type of deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like there are probably like six or seven. Maybe eight guys on Creighton's roster that kind of do that pretty well. Like, then Marcus knows who he is. Kyrie knows who he is. Ronnie Martin, you talked about Davion starting to figure out who he is. Uh, Toby certainly has no issues figuring out what he's supposed to provide night in, night right. out. So I mean, you think about that just um, from a night in, from what they bring to the floor, what they bring to the bench, what they bring in like support and all that. And I think that's probably. Um, Another good reason why Creighton's off to the start. It's off to right now. Uh, I think that's pretty much. That's pretty much what we can talk about for tonight. Yeah, Don't you think so?
0: That's all. Yeah, unless you want to do forty-five minutes on Star Wars. Did you see
1: it yet? I have seen it. <laughs> what do you next podcast? <laughs> Could have gone off the rails real quick with that yeah. one. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, as always. Buy a newspaper, subscribe to the Omaha World Herald, Omaha.com, read John's work over there, uh, follow him at Johnny Otawa on Twitter. Um, check out our work at whiteandbluereview.com. Um, so once again, for Johnny Otawa, I'm Matt DeMarinas. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again after Seaton Hall, right? Yep. Yep. Have a good night, everybody.